Well, Pat Robertson, the founder of CBN, pretty amazing story. He started a, a television station with no experience, no money several years ago. Uh, just felt it was something God called him to do. Eventually, you know, that station could just have a signal from the antenna to reach the local town. He eventually got another station, another station. Now uh, they have satellites, you know, and they are broadcasting CBN in 146 countries. He's still active in ministry at 40 or excuse me, at 91, but he shared something in his uh, new book he said if I could teach someone one thing it is this I'll share what that one thing is here just a minute first Corinthians 2 14 says the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God for they are spiritually discerned we're going to talk about some things today that are not perceived by the natural man they're rejected by the natural man but in, in the spiritual man that that part of us connected to Christ that part of us that is faith receiveth that and live that we're going to look at favor we're not going to look where the natural man might say well that's just luck or the natural man may say well that's coincidence we're going to see the reality of favor and, and what that means in life I'll share some things that uh, Joel Osteen shared about that a great study he did and a number of testimonies where you and I can see favor in the life of the believer and know that favor is yours and mine to claim as well again the natural man receiveth not that the natural man will say again that was luck that's coincidence we're going to see there is much more taking place in day-to-day -day life someone once said one touch of favor is worth more than a lifetime of labor so when you stop and see you know one touch of God's favor changes everything in my life now is favor my right is favor my inheritance we will see that it definitely is and look at what favor is favor it means to endorse to bring to prominence to give notoriety sometimes you can insert the word grace let's look at an example of that genesis 39 verse 2 we know the story here joseph betrayed by his brothers put in prison in egypt now he's brought in to interpret a dream for the Pharaoh. How long would that meeting have lasted? You know, maybe an hour long meeting. He interprets the dream, promoted to the second in charge of Egypt. Here's Genesis 39.2, NIV. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered. New Living Translation, the Lord was with Joseph. He succeeded in everything he did. The King James, the Lord was with Joseph and he was a prosperous man. Look at the amplified version. The Lord was with Joseph. And he, even though a slave, became successful and prosperous. The world English says, Yahweh was with Joseph. He was a prosperous man. Love this here from Joel Osteen. You don't know what God can do in an hour. One phone call can change your life. You know, one conversation can change your life. One new person change your life. One meeting change your life. You know, one job offer, all these things can happen just in a moment. And what we're going to look at is having an expectation for things to happen. An expectation that says, I'm not in the natural man that just looks around and says coincidence or luck. In the spiritual life, I recognize that God is for me and not against me. And so I expect favor, know that favors my inheritance. And if you don't, We'll talk about how to change that here today. I love this. Uh, uh, a lady named Marilyn wrote an article about her husband and their problems. And listen to what he said. Because this is really the cry of every human heart. He was just, uh, had enough courage to say it. But they were having a hard time in their marriage. Listen to what she said. My husband said to me, 
I just want you to love me even if I am a complete failure. You know, as I said before, you, you can't escape, you know, real psychology, true psychology. I just want you to love me even if I am a complete failure. Everybody needs certainty, variety, love, significance, growth, contribution, and we fear rejection. It's because, you know, you're born, if you had healthy parents, then you had unconditional love. You didn't have to do anything as a baby. You just would cry and everybody would run to your rescue, give you food, comfort. There comes a time though, you might be 12 months, 18 months, where when you cry, suddenly you hear that word, no. And that's the beginning of rejection. That's the beginning of you have to do something to get that love again. We all want to go back to that time before that when there's that unconditional love. This man here again, everybody feels this. I just want you to love me even if I am a complete failure. So if you want to, again, walk in a different level of faith, it's recognizing your inheritance as a saint. And what that means, it means that God has his favor on you, favor on your marriage, favor on your family, favor on your health. And believe that, receive that, walk in that, and claim that, declare it. Give you some great advice here from Tony Robbins for those married, those thinking about being married, for this woman here that uh, what did she need to do? She had to change some pretty big things about how she retreated and, and responded to her husband. But uh, Tony Robbins said this, the only way, think about that, the only way a relationship will last is if you see your relationship as a place that you go to give and not a place that you go to take. See your relationship as a place you pour your life into, not that you seek to take from somebody else. Whole life changes in a moment. It's game over at that point because suddenly, you know, you're no longer in that natural man. What does the world say? Take, take, take. Self-centered, me, fear, anxieties, doubts, anger, division, politics. That's the natural man. It receiveth not the things of God. The spiritual man, though, sees through all that to know the promise of Proverbs 3, 6. If you will acknowledge God in all your ways, he will crown your efforts with success. Listen here from uh, Joel Osteen. I love this. You have the favor. The question is, do you have the faith? Are you going to talk yourself out of it? Uh, again, there are times we might see a, an answer to prayer and we might see a, a major change in our life. And in that moment, we say, thank you, God. But as time goes by, maybe we forget. Or we start to say, well, maybe I did something to make that happen. Maybe it was coincidental. Maybe it was because of somebody else. Walking in that faith, though, saying favor is mine, just like Joseph, everything he did, he was blessed. Why? Because he had favor. You and I have it, too. We'll see how to claim that in a moment. Go back to Pat Robertson, though. If I could teach somebody one thing... What do you think he said? Listen to what he shares. It is this. Get rid of the clutter in your life. Stop doing non-essential things. Stop thinking you are accomplishing something just because you are engaged in a whirlwind of activity. Instead, spend your time in the presence of the Lord. Ask for his wisdom and guidance. Here's the last line. Then receive the blessing he so desires to give you. Tremendous advice to stop and take. Well, let's talk about somebody who was a natural man that still is causing negative consequences in the world today. This is John Dewey, lived 1859 to 1952. Who is John Dewey? 
radical atheist, co-author of the Humanist Manifesto, couldn't stand Christianity, wanted God removed from society, wanted the Bible removed. So he worked and accomplished that very thing in schools. He, along with people like Madeline Murray O'Hare, are, are the reason that the Bible is, is not in school. If it is, it's taught as a myth. God is not mentioned. There's no study about Jesus of Nazareth in public schools, the man who changed the face of the earth. Well, why? Because of John Dewey. What did he do? He trained radical teachers to go out into the world, get into schools, teach radical things to try to destroy families and faith. When you hear some of the stories about, uh, you know, what takes place in some schools today and you, and you shake your head and you say, how is that possible? A lot of it's possible because of John Dewey. What did he do to, to ensure that his agenda was accomplished? Well, he helped to put into place tenure. So these teachers could not be fired when it was clear what their real purpose was. What happens when you see the natural man? Well, John Dewey is an example of that. Let's look at the opposite of that then, the spiritual man. Zechariah 4.7, Zechariah has gone back. It's 520 B.C. He's directing the rebuilding of the temple. All sorts of opposition from people like the John Dewey of his day. People mocked them, said you're not going to build this temple. They physically opposed them. They intimidated them. They, they tried to stop them. And, and again, Zechariah, listen to what he says about rebuilding the temple of God. Who are you, O great mountain that stands before me? You shall become a mere molehill. Listen to his words now. I will finish the temple by shouting grace to it. He completes the temple. How does he do it? He spoke to it. Just like Jesus said, say, unto, say to this mountain, be thou moved. Here he is, great mountain that stands before me, you shall be a molehill. And I finished the temple shouting grace to it. Shouting grace, another word again for grace, favor. What if you got up every day and shouted grace, favor to your mountains? Instead of the negative news, the fears and doubts and divisions, rather than that, you woke up and said, you know what? Favor to my job, favor to my family, favor to my finances, favor to my faith, favor to my emotions, favor to this prayer need, favor to my health, shouting grace to it. Again, grace or favor. As Osteen shares, one way our faith is released is through our words. There is a connection between speaking favor and receiving favor. Every day, not Sunday, not once, not one time and move on and then do something else. Every day, what? Every day, declare, I have the favor of God. Favors on my family. Favors on my health. Favors on my business. Favors on my finances. Father, thank you that your favor is endorsing me. Take somebody like Jack Canfield that wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul. He shares very clearly that, you know, he believes that's a sacred job that he's doing. He's writing books to inspire people that are hurting, that, that need to, to find a, a place of hope. And so he's very clear at his office, nobody's allowed in there. If they have a bad attitude or if they speak negative words, you'll be removed. Why? He says, we need to protect this space. It is too important what we are doing and your words and your attitude are too important. 
Again, clear out the clutter and instead replace it by speaking and knowing and claiming and believing that your inheritance is the favor. As Christian Chong said, don't overestimate what you can do alone. Don't underestimate what God can do through you. So let's talk about an amazing example of somebody just in our day that's just an incredible testimony here. Not the natural man, but the spiritual man. You might recognize this picture here, Martin and Gracie Burnham, 2001. The hooded figures behind them are terrorists that took them hostage in the Philippines. That was 2001. Martin and Gracie Burnham were missionaries in the Philippines for about 18 years. When they were taken hostage, they were on vacation, staying at a hotel. These men took them and would keep them for over 12 months. As Gracie said, during that time, the anger, hate, resentment was so strong. Only by God's grace was that transformed into love and compassion for their captors, who they began to tell the gospel to. Any attempts to see them set free were rejected. Their captors would not take ransom. They would not negotiate. They simply would not let them go. Finally, after almost a year and a half held hostage, there was a rescue attempt There was a lot of gunfire. Gracie shot in the leg. Martin was shot in the chest, and he died. She was interviewed just a few months ago, you know, 20 years later, and she said, you know, when I came back, I went to Kansas, stayed with family, went through mourning and grief, wrote some books, became a preacher. She said, I thought my story would be forgotten. She said, 20 years later, I still travel and share about God's grace. I would transform this hate into love, transform this rage into forgiveness. Listen to what she said, somebody who has been to the edge. If you really want to be a good disciple, you deny yourself. You take up your cross, not your dream, and you follow God no matter the cost. Following God and being a good disciple of his is not going to be easy. You will get scars. But you will also one day hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Let's know what she shared now has taken place over these two decades. Through an American couple who does prison ministry in the Philippines, I found some of the guys who held me hostage. 23 of them are in a maximum security prison for the rest of their lives. I've been able to communicate with some of them. We've done projects in the prison, figured out ways to get the gospel to them. Four of them have come to know the Lord. A whole different world when you reject the natural man and say, I'm going to live in the spirit man, connected to Christ, who is my source, believing his life, his death, his resurrection covers every moment of my life, every day. That's why daily declare, Father, thank you for endorsing me today. Let people see that I'm your child. Walk in that confidence and strength. There's another example. You might not recognize the name Mark Calloway. Shared his testimony just a a few months ago. Mark Calloway, though, you may not recognize the name. Many will recognize, though, who he is because he's played the character on, on wrestling, The Undertaker. 30 years, a dark character. A character about death and, and just evil. What happened? As he would share, he lived an excessive lifestyle over the years, did not live his life for God, but his wife kept inviting him to church. 
They were married at 10, 10 years at that point here where he said this to her. It's not going to work. I can't go. Listen to his words next, though. Due to my wife's persistence, I finally went on a Sunday a few months ago. She wanted me to be the man that I could be. It was the start of me and my journey, realizing there's a whole nother part to life I was missing out on. Gave his life to Christ and now just growing as a disciple. Listen to his words, though, husbands and wives. My wife put me in the right place to get my life back on track again to what really matters. I'm forever indebted just for that. She brings the best out of me. Again, the natural man receiveth not the things of God. The spiritual man discerneth all things because they are spiritually discerned. And you start to see that grace, that favor of God in all things. You start to recognize day-to-day life that we are called to that life in Christ that he talks about and says is free. So let me read something here from Pat Robertson again. The natural man or the spiritual man? Just read his words here. My favorite pastime is horseback riding. I've done it since a child. I've worked to find horses, had some of the best trainers. One day I picked up a horse named Aristocrat, a man named Johnny, training for nine months. When he brought him back, my young stallion could kneel, bow, come when called, back up on command. It was a perfect riding companion. Here's the amazing thing. Look who he meets next. Shortly thereafter, I had a guest trainer named Monty Roberts, the original horse whisperer. Monty watched horses in the wild, realized they utilized nonverbal language he called equus. In his early days, his father severely abused Monty. Now the audiences in many of Monty's lectures include married women who have abusive husbands. They could identify with the abused and suffering horses that Monty endeavored to set free. Monty recognized horses are herd creatures. They follow the herd leader. They use their ears to signal the mood at any given time. One day, we had him on the 700 Club, took a young horse that had never been ridden, gave him to Monty, and within 30 minutes, he trained the horse to take bit, bridle, saddle, and a rider without any sign of rebellion or bucking. He goes on to share that he would pick up more horses over the years, but listen to what he shares next. Part of my own training in Equus, I learned how to train, and I knew that horses would blow in each other's noses to become acquainted. So when I picked up a new horse named Yufanu, I blew in his nose to let him know we were friends. He was completely relaxed. I began to ride him, and I would relax and sigh. Riding a high-level dressage horse is exhilarating. I also learned that Horses have a remarkable memory. After riding each day, I would give Yufano a treat. And when our exercise session ended, he would turn his head and I would hand him something he would greatly receive. I have advice for you. If you're a fledgling rider, 
Horses expect you to be a herd leader. They want firm direction. If you give conflicting signals, a horse can become angry and dangerous. He needs to trust the rider and rely on his rider's judgment. If you don't know what you're doing, I suggest you find a trainer. And here's the great part of this. For those of you who wonder why a book on my life and the miracle power of God would have such a lengthy discussion about horses, I refer you to the book of Revelation chapter 19. I saw heaven standing open and there before me was a white rider whose rider is called Faithful and True. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. I cannot wait to see that day. You see, the spiritual man can discern the hand of God in all things. Who are you, O great mountain, that you stand before me? You shall become a mere molehill. I will finish the temple by shouting grace to it. Declare your favor. Speak your favor. Shout your favor. Know your favor. Because that's purchased for you in Christ. It's yours, but you have to declare it, speak it, pray it, believe it. Never mind circumstances. The natural man will always look for the coincidence. We are the spiritual that see Christ in all things. Every day. Shout grace. Give me one final example of grace. Again, receive it, believe it, know it. Joel Osteen shares about a hard freeze that hit uh, hundreds of acres of orange groves in Florida. There was a farmer friend of his. He himself had several hundred acres. They were told the the freeze was going to hit in two days. So what did this man do? He walked around and declared the favor of God on his orange groves, declaring that the storm would not touch his oranges, declaring that he'd have healthy crops, declaring that God would protect his investment. What happened? The other farmers, they laughed and ridiculed him. And then the big freeze hit, and it lasted over 24 hours. Here's Osteen's words. Two weeks later, the most unusual thing happened. His property, hundreds of acres, had the most beautiful, healthy oranges. The properties next to him, on all four sides, there the trees were completely dead. It was as though a blanket had been put over his property. The other farmer said, next time, will you pray for our crops as well? Now, some will say that is luck or it was the wind. No, that is God's favor. Don't talk yourself out of it. Pray bold prayers. Believe for unusual favor. Take the limits off God. You've been set apart. You have the favor. The question is, do you and do I have the faith?